0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Denise Harpster from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction, Dr. Pritt. Today we'll be discussing the neuromuscular gene panel, or what we call the MUPAN, with Dr. New and Dr. Klein. But before we get started, Dr. New, could you provide us a little bit of your background?
1: I am Dr. Neil New and I'm an assistant professor and a consultant, molecular geneticist at the IMP. I have been here at the Mayo Clinic since 2015 and as the lab director on neurogenetic testing at the Division of Laboratory Genetics and Genomics.
0: Thank you for that. Dr. Klein is also with us. Could you provide us a little bit of your background as well?
1: Thanks,
2: Denise. I am a professor of neurology and I'm getting to be one of the old people here because I've been here since 1995, finished my neuromuscular fellowships in 2001. And I see lots of neuromuscular patients in the hospital, out on the floors. I do EMG. I read nerve biopsies. And I'm really pleased to be here with you today to talk about my experience with Mayo genetic testing and how revolutionized it has made my practice for better care, allowing for ease of testing and convenience for patients.
0: Thank you guys for sharing the background. I'm very excited about the opportunity to talk about our new panel and all the changes going on. I really appreciate how long you've been here and I can understand how you can have a different perspective and it's exciting to hear both of you to kind of talk about all of the new changes. Dr. New, would you be able to give a brief overview of those changes in this space?
1: Sure. The neuromuscular gene panel, MEOPAN, offers a more comprehensive phenotype analysis than other tests on the market. With this one, we analyzed 217 genes detecting single nucleotide variant, insertion deletions, as well as copy number events. And based on a very recent evaluation of thousands of literature, we updated this panel to include a most comprehensive list of neuromuscular genes and mutations. More importantly, we considered about 20 clinical practice guidelines and our male neurology experience on this phenotype-based test design.
0: That's pretty incredible to hear. Dr. Klein, could you give a simple background on how you see what's going on in this space?
2: Thank you very much. It's an, a very exciting time for us, and we're only able to be here because of a large experience that has highlighted the range of genotype-phenotype correlation. So with a new evaluation, we're able to group phenotypes for best diagnosis. For instance, I see a lot of neuropathy and by having the comprehensive approach, we can also make sure we're not missing distal myopathies in the genetic testing that might mimic a neuropathy. The comprehensive nature of the testing allows us not to make that and other mistakes in our diagnoses.
0: That's amazing. Dr. Kine, could you tell us which patients should have this testing and when it should be performed?
2: So, for inherited neuromuscular diseases, the story is generally one of either an insidious, slowly progressive course with or without a family history and without an acquired etiology identified. So, this ultimately translates to a large number of patients. And in the past, we'd usually try and sort out our suspicion of a genetic thing through biopsies, uh, nerve conductions, and a host of other laboratory tests. But in general, more quickly move to the genetic panels because they are really much more comprehensive and make sure we don't miss things that we sometimes didn't consider. We use the phenotypes that we sort out in the clinic to decide what genetic tests might be helpful. And that's where Dr. New's tests have been really helpful. So he has categories such as congenital myopathies, mitochondrial myopathies, motor neuron disease, muscular dyst- dystrophy, myasthenia, congenital forms, and the big area I see, purple neuropathies. And so once we bend patients into different phenotypes, we can decide about what genetic tests might be helpful.
0: Are there alternative options available? And how would these compare to this new panel, the MU-PAN?
2: So I think you know the completeness and the accuracy of all the uh, genes included is really emphasized. And I think the other thing that has been emphasized is that in many of these, we get a result that might not be conclusive. We have the advantage here at Mayo by working with our biochemical genetic colleagues that we can take a possible variant and take it to a definite through biochemical assays. And and some of these are kind of in the weeds, but for instance, something like Dominguez syndrome, which is a demyelinating neuropathy that may first present without any GI symptoms If we get a variant in the gene that causes that, we can confirm with the biochemical genetic assay whether it's in fact truly causal. So these are the kind of strengths of the Mayo testing that allow us to take what might be a possible to a definite cause.
0: I can see how this could be a preferred test. How are the results used in patient care?
2: We always try and weigh the expectation with reality. If a person's young and they have a family history, we know that our testing with the very high sensitivity will find the, their abnormality. And some patients where we still are highly suspicious of a genetic cause and we don't find an abnormality, we have also the advantage of escalating the case to do further testing, whether it's an entire exome or other genetic approaches. Once we get the results back, we often will work with genetic counselors to weigh the implications to the family, because it's not just the person in our office that we're trying to help. We're trying to help the entire family in some of these conditions where the abnormality might have serious implications for the family. And increasingly, we're finding that there are some of these that in fact have treatment options that were not available in the past. And I think some of the most exciting areas where treatments are available in our our most sinister and devastating neuromuscular diseases. For instance, spinal muscular atrophy, where we now have an amazing treatment given in in infancy. Uh, Transthyretin amyloidosis, this is a neuropathy that may also involve the heart and kidneys, where we have a number of treatment options that just weren't existing even 10 years ago. So it's a very exciting time with these results having very important implications to the, the patient in our office, but also their entire family.
0: So, Dr. New, uh, there are so many ways that this space has been changing. How do you see this space that has changed for the new test in the lab, and how does that affect the patient care?
1: This is really the most exciting time for genetics with coming up uh, lots of emerging RNA and gene therapies. With multiple has been approved for some of the genes we are testing and with many more in the clinical development phase. So, in addition, that we can use our panels to aid in diagnosis or reduce the differentials, at the same time, a genetic diagnosis may well permit the institution of a targeted treatment option.
0: Well, that's very exciting. I can't wait to see how all the changes work out and help improve the care for the patient. I thank you for your time today, and I appreciate your expertise, Dr. New and Dr. Klein.
1: Thanks, Denise. Thank you, Denise.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.